Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney WTF, brought to you by The Walt Daily, and this is episode 43. For those that don't know us by now, we are a Disney couple. One of us is a Disney fanatic and one of us is not, but somehow we've made a way to make this relationship work. Yes. And after a brief hiatus, we are back. Yes. I feel out of the groove. You you do seem out of the groove. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. I feel like it's been a while. Well, maybe we should just do it more often then. And that should be be the goal. How are you feeling today? I feel good. Yeah. It, it feels great to talk some Disney. I felt horrible not recording an episode last week. But, I mean, at some point, I guess, you, you have to go out of town. And you can't bring all your podcasting equipment with you. So That's true. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. How are you feeling? I My allergies are acting up. But... I just I played like three games of basketball today for the first time in a while, so I'm a little I'm a little tired and a little sniffly. But super athletic. Yeah, but I feel athletic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. Yes. Okay. Headlines. Okay. First headline is actually not technically out of out of Disney, but it's related to the Walt Daily. The okay. Walt Daily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In case you didn't know, Ricard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Walt Daily is now available on iTunes. So Disney WTF, the podcast, is available on iTunes. It always has been. Mm-hmm. But the flash briefing, the daily flash briefing, is available on iTunes. And it's updated every day. So if you want a piece of Disney magic, something new every single day, we can provide that to you. Literally every day. Literally every day. It's my it's my baby. <laughs> you do do a good job with it. Oh, so. thanks. You don't listen to it. Yeah, I don't. I don't listen to anything. <laughs> Unless it's Lil Wayne. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So just update for the listeners. Just check it out. And I really, really think that you'll like it if you like Disney. And you must be because you're listening to this. So You'll definitely like it. Okay. I enjoy it when I do hear it. It's just I don't I'm just not consuming much in the morning, but it is very well produced. And that's the thing, though. It doesn't have to be listened to just in the morning. It's available all day. I, I know. If you work <laughs> nights, it's available at night. That's true. <laughs> okay. Anywho. Okay, let's move on. My first real headline out of Disney is the Mary Poppins trailer has been released called Mary Poppins Returns. Trailer for what? Mary Poppins Returns, the movie. Okay, there you go. Did you ever see Mary Poppins? I briefly as a child. Briefly, like only a segment of it? Like it was it would play on on TV in school, but I would either be sleeping or socializing. <laughs> All right, well, we might have that on our to-do list at yeah. some point. So, the trailer for the newest film called Mary Poppins Returns starring Emily Blunt and Lin-Manuel Miranda it has been released, and what you see is a kite. We'll obviously watch it, you know, on YouTube or whatever video outlet. But you see a kite going up into the air, and then Mary Poppins falls from the sky. Not falls, floats from the sky. Cool. Just as magical as ever. So really, really exciting stuff. It comes out on Christmas. Of this year. Of this year. Wow. Well. It sounds like a long time. 
Or no. It'll, it'll fly by. Yeah, it will fly by. I'm sure people can be like, it's October already. People are going to be saying that. People are already saying it's March already. It is March already. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. <laughs> I just did the thing. Yeah, that's what, they, that's what everybody <laughs> does. Know. Whenever there's an, a, yeah. new, a new month, yeah. that's what everybody does. But anyways, so next headline. Flower and Garden Festival is still going on. Right now, the annual pass holder gift is Mickey, a Mickey magnet. Mm. So Minnie doesn't start until mid-April. Okay? And I'm telling you this as a headline, but also as a way of saying we need to do it. We've got to go. We do. i got to get my magnet. Because my life will be complete <laughs> without it. Okay. All right. You do. Yeah. So. But do you have a preference of which magnet, or you don't care? Well, all of the magnets you is my preference. Them. And how many are there? There's two. Okay. Cool. So that's that's you know. Did you find out the dates where it like changes over? To my knowledge, it's we April spoke 8th. About it. April yes. 8th. Okay. April Why don't we 8th. just try to go around that time? Our classes might be blacked out. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Jerks. Which so we're <laughs> gonna have to go twice basically. Yeah. So sometime before that and sometime after that. Okay. Which we're definitely going after at some point, so we'll figure it out. All right. I wonder if they're selling them like on eBay. Oh, they probably will. Yeah, look for that. Well, but why when I can get it for free? Because it might save us a trip. I say free. <laughs> well, I say free in air quotes because yes, like you paid for it. You well, yes, you pay for it with your annual pass. When holder. I buy fries, like a percentage of that fry purchase. <laughs> Went to that stupid magnet. <laughs> if, well, if they're Mr. Kamal's fries at Animal Kingdom, they're yeah. worth it. Don't talk bad about my fries at Animal Kingdom. So, yeah. All right. Last headline. It's not quite 100% out of Disney, but Disney podcaster Ricky Briganti of Inside the Magic, who is one of the reasons why I started listening to podcasts in the first place, is is walking away from Inside the Magic. Really? Where's he going? In a long letter, it didn't quite specify where he was going, but he is going to be stepping down from his role there. Which was pod, like podcasting or was he still, is he still podcasting? Or? So he hasn't been podcasting for some years now, but the website is like a hub of Disney news. Like if I post things on Facebook, a lot of it comes from Inside the Magic. Somehow they always seem to know things first. How do they do that? Because they're Inside the Magic. They're, they're on the inside. <laughs> We're like on the they, outside. They're like, guys, this is not a secret. It's our title. We're inside. We know. This is not a surprise. <laughs> yeah, so he's stepping down, and it's it's kind of crazy because I just think about, like, because in his letter that is available to read on their website, he said that, like, he started the first episode. Like, he was the first Orlando-based Disney podcast. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably one of the first, like, real Disney podcasts, because this was in 2005. Yeah. 13 years ago, like when podcasting wasn't as big as it is now. Wait, are we the first Disney podcast out of Miami? Probably not. You think there's more? I, I think there's more, but I, I can't confirm nor deny. Okay. <laughs> nor deny. <laughs> well. But I, I really have no idea about cool. that. Okay. Um, but anyways, so it's, it's pretty crazy. Like m m my brother... Matthew was the one who introduced me to Inside the Magic, the podcast. And I remember just like, even if I didn't want to go out of the house for a run, let's say, or just go anywhere and do anything, if I put on Inside the Magic, it kind of gave me that little bit of boost, you know, yeah, like, yeah. oh, I have some, I have something cool to listen to when I do my activity or whatever it may be. Yeah. So definitely bittersweet, but I'm sure he's moving on to wonderful things. Yeah. So good for him. He's from Miami. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Actually, that's interesting. But all right. That's it. That's all the headlines I got. Cool. Not a big Disney news week, I will say. But you know what is big? 
the topic that we're doing today. Yes, which I don't know what it is. So today we're going to talk about living with the land. Ah, yes, you did tell me this. I did tell you <laughs> I this. <forgot. laughs> what are what are some of the things you can remember immediately about living with the land? Living with the land, um, the one that the thing that gets me about it is their fake rain that they try to do. Oh, okay, okay, good. We're That's gonna talk really more remember. about that. Yeah, no. And it's just because I'm like. This could be better. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this could be better. But we're gonna it's talk there. more about that. Um, we're going to go into uh, some detail about it. I mean, there's just so many fun things about this ride that I feel like a lot of people, maybe even Disney people who maybe not, they maybe don't know about it. Yeah. So this is get ready because it's going to be awesome. Well, I do remember, I think when we wrote it with um, Michelle, your sister in law, I think. She was like, this is my favorite ride. And I was like, what? Like, why? <laughs> you know, like, so I'm pretty sure it's a big deal. Yeah. I just don't know why. Well, let's do it. All right. Just make believe you're a tiny little seed. A tiny little seed that's reaching up. So first things first, living with the land, I'm going to put it out there too, is one of my favorite rides at Disney. No, it's not a thrill ride. No, it doesn't have some crazy like Walt connection necessarily. It doesn't. It's like, weird. I mean, there are one that we're going to talk about, but you know, it's not, it's nothing like, it's not, it's not crazy anything, but yet it still remains some of people's favorite, one of the people's favorite attractions on property. And a lot of people will say that it's one of the most underrated attractions on property yeah and I, but i can see that because and, and i'm really i'm now like that we're i'm thinking about it like i'm really glad we're going to talk about this because i really do not understand like why people would want to go on this multiple times i really don't okay the the behind the scenes thing yes mm-hmm. because i know they have some behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. but like the ride itself i cannot understand why i i have also been on that ride multiple times <laughs> like I. I, I don't know why i keep going on it <laughs> I know it's because of you, but I just, I don't know why I keep saying yes to going on that ride. Anyway. Well, and speaking of going on this ride multiple times, I'm going to venture to say that of all of the rides in Walt Disney World, that this is the one ride that I've ridden the most. Interesting. Out of all the rides. Some of the reasons behind that is because it's a must do for me whenever I go to Epcot. Even if I'm only going to ride two rides, let's say let's say two rides or one ride even, and then go to World Showcase at Epcot, I will ride this ride. I mean, part of it, you know, it usually doesn't have too, too long of a wait. If it does have like, you know, a 45 minute hour wait, no, I might not wait for it. But somehow I always end up riding this ride. And yeah. every single time it just like, it's, it's super relaxing and super majestic. I don't know what it is. Okay. Okay. Well, why? Okay. Let's talk about it. So, a little history about this ride. It's an, it was an opening day attraction. Cool. So on October 1st, 1982, when Epcot Center opened, which I'm wearing an Epcot Center shirt today. Nice. Appropriate. I'm not. No, you're not. But it does have Mickey <laughs> on it. It does. It, so this ride was, was a part of those opening day attractions. At the time, it was not called Living with the Land. It was actually called Listen to the Land. And it had a super catchy tune to go along with it. I should have stuck with that one. Listen to the land. Yeah. Hmm. Why do you say that? I think it's a better name. Like you. Because a lot of it is like audio, Mm -hmm. and plus it doesn't look good. So. (laughs) I think it looks great. Yeah, but no, I think 
I think well, listening to the land. Listen to the land. Listen to the land. Okay. Well, I think it maybe instead of living with the land, listen to the land. Maybe that little change makes it like a little bit more deeper. You know what I mean? Like it makes it more like introspective and you have to, we're listening to the land, but what are we listening to? And that's what you have to figure out. But I think they might have changed it. Maybe, maybe it was like they pivoted, right? So maybe they didn't have all the like livestock stuff at the end. Not livestock. Greenhouse? Greenhouse stuff. They did. They did? Mm-hmm. All that stuff was there? If you would let me finish the history. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was there. And actually, this ride relatively has gone undergone basically no refurbishments <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> now, like, we're just like, we're not going to touch it. Don't touch that one. <laughs> like, they hire a new engineer. Don't touch that one. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't you do it. That's funny. <laughs> so... Some of the changes that have happened is that, so originally it was Listen to the Land. It did have like a catchy tune to go along with it, like a a nice little song that was, oh, it was super nice, actually. I wonder why they took that out. Um, The opening scene was not as it is now. So it was called Symphony of a Seed, and it showed how a seed would go and to grow into something. And in 1993, they, they took that out and they changed it to what it is now, the current attraction. So basically everything has been literally the exact same since 1993. And since then, the only other really big change is that there used to be a cast member on every boat narrating through it Hmm. and narrating through the greenhouse. But in 2006, there's no cast members to be found on the boat with you. It's just a narrator that's pre-recorded. So... But that's fine. I like the Can narration. you imagine if they would like replace something like think about your favorite ride now mm-hmm. that has a narrator. Imagine if they replaced it. That's how those people felt. Wait, so if so my favorite ride now with a narrator is no, no, that, the narrator is the No, 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 no. Okay, I take that back. Sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase the question. Think about your favorite ride with a person there narrating the ride. Mm-hmm. And imagine that gets taken away. That's what happened to those people. Well, okay, Here, here's, here's a good example of what you're talking about because I actually thought about that when, when I was like typing up some information for me to tell you. The Great Movie Ride was solely based on your cast member. Like the, the, there was no over narration until Turner Classic Movies took over and then it was like a, a, a hybrid of the cast member being there and then the narrator and I was like, oh, they should just leave the cast member. It was fine. Like why'd they change it? But then they, of course they did away with the whole ride as, as a whole, but... But still, I, I guess, I mean, that was upsetting. Yeah. But I don't mind there not being a cast member there. And even so, I have a recording of Living with the Land on my iPod when they still had a cast member. Oh, I'd like to hear that, actually. Yeah? I'd be interested in hearing that. Okay. You should post that for other people to hear also. Okay. How would I do that? We'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going right. to give away all my secrets. <laughs> Your audio, (laughs) you're such an audio genius, I know. Like, you wouldn't want to do that. Charge consulting fees for that. Yeah, right. (laughs) All right. And so, much like other pavilions in Epcot, this pavilion did also have a sponsor. So, sponsors included Kraft, then they changed to Nestle. And you know who sponsors it now? Chiquita Banana. (laughs) Isn't that great? That's funny. Chiquita Banana. I think it's wonderful. So This makes sense, though, because it's like... Makes it like it's relatable. Yeah, it is relatable. Possibly help grow bananas there. 
Well, I don't know if you've been in the greenhouse, but they definitely grow bananas there. You think it's for a Chiquita? Well, there's a little a little Chiquita sign brought to you by Chiquita, and yeah. it's a little logo. They should. I mean, I don't know what they do with the stuff that's there. Are you going to get into that? Yes. Okay. Well, what they should do is especially... Why did you ask? I don't know. I just wanted to know. I was just making sure. They should sell those as like special edition bananas. Like these were grown in Disney. Try it. <laughs> Instead of like where the other factory is. I don't know. I'd, I bet you people would pay extra. I'd be like, yeah, no, I got this one. This one was raised at Disney. Well, they already have to pay extra for any bananas on property because it's at Disney. Even yeah, if but it came from Chiquita. Well, whatever. Probably. Okay. <laughs> You're so stuffy. I'm sorry. My allergies. It's that time that I need to start like three medications for my allergies. <laughs> it's the worst. Okay. All right. Well, the last thing I want to bring up in terms of history is the fact that this is a ride, like I said, is from 1982. But think about its message just on the surface is about sustainability, living with the land or listening to the land. Like now we're in 2018. That's like a huge deal. And they thought of this 30, you know, 35 years ago, 36 years ago, that this is, this was going to be necessary and how humans interact with the environment. Yeah. It's interesting. It like grew into it. Yeah. Basically. Well, that's what happens to everything, I feel like, at Disney. It's like, if you wait long enough and don't touch it, it'll come back around. Okay. <laughs> like, platform shoes. Like, they'll come back around. Yeah. So, yeah. So, let's start with the ride. Let's start in the queue. The queue is not interactive. It's switchbacks, which, you know, is like back and forth and back and forth. The important thing to notice in the queue, though is there are quotes on the wall from all types of different sources. So one of them is a quote from George Bush, but they also have quotes from like young people, like students. And one of the quotes that stood out to me from this wall all around the queue, if only society and the environment could work together, we would have a masterpiece. And that was written by a 15 year old at the time. They're, <laughs> nice. they're, they're older than both of us right now. Nice. <laughs> but I mean, those kind of things are, are what you would see in the, in the queue just to drive home that message that it's, it's about being one with your environment and not abusing it. So, yeah. I mean, that's the most, you know, that you're going to get out of the queue though. Interesting. And I did say a little bit earlier, Depending on the time of the year, depending on the time of the day that you go, this ride could just be like a walk-on. You won't even have to wait in the queue at all, which is a pretty boring queue. There is a fast pass available for it, though, which I do try to get if if we plan a trip ahead of time. Yeah. So now let's go to the ride. So the ride is a hybrid between like a dark boat ride and the greenhouse portion, obviously, right? It feels like you're outside. Exactly, yeah. but it's completely air-conditioned. Yeah. So, and the boats that you ride on this ride, they're not the typical boats. I feel like these boats are a little bit more special because they do have like a canopy on them, even though you're inside. What do you need a canopy for? It's not going to rain. That's true. That is kind of dumb, isn't it? No, it's cool. <laughs> it's like when you Well, it's because it makes you feel like you're outside. That's, I think that's why that canopy is there. Well, it the, makes you feel like you're outside. What I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. So okay. <laughs> have, did you ever like put a tent in your living room or in your bedroom? And I built those. Yeah, so why did you do that? Because I thought it was cool. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly the feeling that I get from there being a canopy on the boat. Yeah. Is it makes it feel like you're outside. It's like putting a tent in your bedroom. It's, yeah. it's that kind of cool. It's that kind of like, you know, warm feeling that you get inside. Yeah. Um, 
And here's a crazy quote, or quote, statistic that I read. Okay. The capacity per hour of this ride is 2,400 riders. Okay. That's a lot. Is there comparisons? No, I didn't read that, but I just think it sounds like a lot. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's not. Yeah. 2,400 people, can you imagine, like, a cast member, like, asking 2,400 people, like, how many in your party? How many in your party? How many are in your party? Those are the math ninjas. Yeah, exactly. They are math ninjas. They should put on their on their name badge and math ninjas, the people that do the line stuff. Or have like um, a pin, like a pin that goes on their name tags. That says, I'm a math ninja. Or it's like just, you know, a chip or a dale, and that means they're a math ninja. Yeah, or something. Okay. Something to indicate their, special, their specialty. Ninja. Math. At math. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> So in the version that we have now, there are scenes that you go through and it's like diff- they're called they're different biomes of different environmental situations where land and plants and people all go in harmony. So the first one is the deciduous forest and that's where trees are annual so they they shed annually and this is where we go through your favorite part, the the rain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because like when I was thinking about this ride, I was like, this is a great, it's actually one of my favorite effects. A little bit of light, some strings hanging from the ceiling and some wind. I was like, oh, whenever I pass by it on my, on my boat ride, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. It's so simple yet. It's so effective. And then they have the noises and like a cool breeze. I can't believe you don't like that effect. I mean, I, I do. It's cool. It's just, it, it, I do. It's cool. It's just it's out. It's outdated. Well, I mean, it's it's not that it's outdated per se. It's just more simple than effects nowadays. Yeah. But the problem is, like, if if you were to do, mm, like, let's say they were to replace it with like a screen, or a, some sort of a video projection, then I just feel like it wouldn't be, like, as charming, as it is now. But maybe they can make it more real, like actually put water. Well, there is tons of water on this. You're in a boat. No, no, I'm not like in the rain, though. I know. Oh, I think there used to be. There might have not been. Can't think of it right now. All right. So after the deciduous forest, you go into the tropical rainforest where you have like a waterfall and some mist. Oh, and and I would be remiss to say, one of the pioneering things about this particular ride, which I think is part of the essence that Epcot Center was opening with, was that it's not just a ride. It's it's not just entertainment or education, it's edutainment. So in every single scene, you're gonna learn a little something. And they're not going to hit you over the head with it, like, this is supposed to be educational. It's gonna be like, oh, let me drop this. Oh, did you know that this rainwater, the roots on these trees are going to extract nutrients from the mud. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, and then it's maybe that's like a little something that'll resonate with you. And then when you're in the rainforest, it says, oh, the rainforest is teeming with life. And then the whole scene changes because it really puts you in that biome of a tropical rainforest because it's humid, there's mist, there's a giant waterfall, there's large, scary animal animatronics that are that are coming at you. And then after that, you go to the desert. Which is crazy because another thing they do is they make the air hotter and feel less humid, and they put you into that environment. And something, of course, that they mentioned. I mentioned, never realized that. Yeah. On the ride. 
it's super immersive. It is interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering. I don't if think they do a good job at that though, because I, ne- I literally don't feel that. So you don't think it's just because you're not paying attention that you just are not appreciative of these things? I don't know. I feel like because I mean, even the first time I went on it, I don't remember that happening. Mm-hmm. Well, which I was attentive at that one time. That one time, <laughs> I guess. I think we need to ride it one more time, and then maybe you can kind yeah, of bring it full circle. It. You just yeah. can't tell me when it's coming. Well, I don't have to. Okay. Because you'll know. Sure. You'll Allegedly. Know. For reals. <laughs> For realsies. So, when you're in the desert, the narrator tells you that this is where nature has learned to deal with, you know, not having a lot of rain or a lot of water but it is still also teeming with life. Teeming. Um, And then after that, you go to the American Prairie, and this particular scene is really special for a lot of reasons. So on the American Prairie, you see on your right that there's um, like grasslands, and then there's on the back wall, there's images of like fire and one of the, and fire and lightning actually. And they say that lightning strikes and fire actually help nutrients in the soil. And that there's, since there's buffalo in the scene, the hooves of the mighty buffalo also help to make the soil nutrient rich. So those are just kind of the educational things that you learn. But here's something crazy in terms of big Disney history picture. The buffalo and the little prairie dogs that are in this particular scene were never meant to be in Living with the Land. They were meant for a ride in Magic Kingdom called Western River Expedition that never came to be. And this is just like a side a side note that has nothing really to do. Well, I mean, other than the, the the prairie dog and the buffalo are in living with the land, but this is like a crazy story that I think you'll really appreciate. That side note, it's, it's a bonus gem. Bonus gem. The Western River Expedition was going to be like a log flume ride in Frontierland, where Big Thunder Mountain is now. That's where this ride was going to be. And the reason why that ride, it was like super fleshed out, obviously, because they already had animatronics and things that were ready to go for it. The reason why it didn't come to be was because they channeled all of their money into Pirates of the Caribbean instead, because that's what the people wanted at the time was Pirates of the Caribbean. Smart. So they reused those resources such as the buffalo in Living with the Land. Cool. Just drop them right in. Yeah, nice. Sprinkle. And so another reason why this scene is special, once you, if you look up on your left, you're going to see a view of the Garden Grill restaurant, which is actually super cool if you're eating there um, because the Garden Grill restaurant in the land rotates and you actually get to look down into Living with the Land. So it's like one of those things that you can like, do you can look up there and they can look down at you and you get to yeah. see like characters because it's a character dining experience as well so that's another thing that makes this scene special i've never seen that I the feel restaurant like i probably pointed it out to you maybe you don't remember i don't i don't really remember seeing that restaurant no <laughs> we need to spend more time in the land pavilion as a whole i have so many fun facts for Do you we though? don't we though See, the thing about the ride, though, is I think that if it was like the um, the safari where you got different stuff each time, I think that would make it better. But the whole, like, that it's the same, like, because it is exactly the same every time. Like, it's not like you can go on there and ever have a different experience. I beg to differ. 
I mean, unless you sit in a different spot and you have like a different corner view, like I don't know. Well, I think I think they should be thing. able to bring like some really like I just sometimes don't understand, it. and it's crazy because of how successful it is. It's crazy to me how how you can have the same thing over and over again, and people still do it. Whereas I feel like if I was running something, I, there'd literally be a rule that it would have to be fairly difficult for someone to have the same experience on a ride. Like something would change. One like one small thing should change. Whereas I do know that at some point something changes, like because they change the, the thingies. But I don't know. Well, the greenhouse exhibits sometimes change. Yeah, I think for Halloween, I think when we went, there was something recent that we went and we saw it was like they did something for Halloween. I and think, for the right? holidays as well. Yeah. Yeah. But still. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, I think that what you're saying though is such a general thing like it has nothing to d- don't take it out on living with the land because that's this is any ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no yeah this is every ride but this one in particular because it because it doesn't have a person right so like the reason I wouldn't say it's like like the safari is because one you have all the animals that I could change but then you have the person so the same thing with the, the jungle cruise mm-hmm. there's a different person different personality like some of the jokes might be recycled but for the most part you get different jokes sometimes it's like, yeah. those are cool. Cooler. Okay. In my well, opinion. I mean, I definitely see your point. Although I, I think that the repeatability factor from this ride comes from, like, I guess it's a lot of different things. Mostly because I'm not, like, I don't have the need personally to, to be like, oh, this needs to be better, like, technology-wise. Like, I still watch Jurassic Park, and I'm like, wow, those dinosaurs look real. You know, yeah. like, that doesn't bother me, necessarily. So maybe that's kind of why I'm still like, oh, oh, oh. Well, and the greenhouse as a whole is just, like, I think that is, is which I'm, we're not quite to the, to the greenhouse yet, but I feel like that's part of the big reason why it has such a high repeatability. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just finish about... The, pr- the, the, the the prairie scene. Okay. You're going to see a house on your left. Do you remember the house kind of? You probably don't remember now, now that we're talking about it. Well, there's a house on your left, and on the mailbox, it has B. Jones, who Mr. Jones probably lives in this house, and the house number is 82, and 82 is a nod to the fact that Epcot opened in 1982. So you'll see that on there. Another hidden detail of this scene is that the dog on the porch of this house is the same type of dog that's used in the Carousel of Progress. Mm. Who, cool. who this dog was modeled after Walt Disney's real dog that he had. Mm. So that's a connection to Walt. Yes. Cool. So that's the one connection, perhaps that one that one could argue like visual that this has to to Walt Disney. Cool. Yeah. So then after that, you go through into a farm. That's actually a barn. You, you boat goes into a barn and you see like video scenes of, I mean, they're very 80s scenes for sure. I feel like maybe those could be updated, especially when they get to the part about, oh, Epcot scientists and they look like they have this big like fair faucet hair or whatever. And you see how people are living with the land, literally how all around the world they're adapting to their environment to be able to grow and sustain um, crops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, after that, is the big the big guy of the ride, and that's the greenhouse. And the greenhouse is divided into what they call living laboratories, and in total, there's there's five. 
Okay. Okay. So one of them is tropics, where you'll have pineapple, vanilla, banana, cacao. And then you go to the aquacel, which is where there's like fish, tilapia, sea bass, and then alligators, which interestingly enough, um, they, I think they took it. I'm not sure. Are the alligators still there? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. You know, because of the incident that happened at Grand Floridian, I think for sensitivity purposes, they might have removed them temporarily, but then they, they came back. And then there's also shrimp that you can see. And these shrimp are like as big as my arm. Mm-hmm. They're like the size of my arm. Okay. What are they doing there? They are growing. It's a fish farm. So fish is a crop. Okay. And so what happens to a lot of these fish, these produce, they are used by Disney restaurants. So Sunshine Seasons, which is the quick service uh, area in the land, they use a lot of this food. Coral Reef Restaurant by Finding Nemo in the Living Seas uses some of the food or from some of the crops from this greenhouse. Okay. You look perplexed. Well, yeah, because now things took a turn because I... I'm dropping the hammer right now on you. What? Why? Because the information hammer. No, yeah, but the thing is, is that like, I feel bad for animals, right? I'm not a, I'm not like a, like a, you know, vegetarian or anything because I love meat and stuff. But I feel like it still sucks to know that some of these animals like have to die, like so you can eat them, right? Wow, I did not see. I thought you were amazed about how they actually use this, and it's a sustainable growing. Yeah, and you know how we've talked about how I don't eat duck because I used to. I grew up with a lot of ducks around my neighborhood, Mm -hmm. so I would feel bad. And now, (laughs) now I know that these animals are in that thing and I could possibly be eating one of those animals. And now I have to figure out how not to eat one of those animals at Disney. Well, just stay away from catfish, sea bass, tilapia, shrimp, and alligator, and you'll be fine because that's what they grow there. Well, scratching those (laughs) off the list now for sure. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry that you had like a sad moment as a part of this episode. I would never want that. I would never want that. It's rough. Well. Anyway, so let's. Why don't we leave the aquacel because it's obviously a place of sad of, of sadness for <laughs> you. So let's go into the temperate environment. And as you can see by the names of these greenhouse areas or living laboratories, it indicates the type of environment that that these plants grow in. So tropics, and now temperate. So in temperate temperatures, sunflowers and the famous nine-pound lemon, which is the size of your head, it's like a nine-pound lemon grows in these types of climates and you can get so close to these these things and it's pretty cool because like every single time you ride this ride in the greenhouse a lot of the crops are going to be repeated but you're going to see new things and amazing things on top of that which is why it's so cool to always go through this part next thing is the string greenhouse and so this is where you're going to find um, oftentimes you'll find hidden Mickeys in the form, in, in, in the form of, uh, like Mickey shaped pumpkins, which they actually put a pumpkin into a mold of Mickey's head and then it grows into the shape of into Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Wow. That's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. They also have a Guinness book of world records winning tomato tree. Not this actual tomato tree, but it was one previous to this. So tomatoes, they grow on vines. They don't grow in trees necessarily. And so, do you remember this from the ride? No. No, okay, never mind. (laughs) So it had the, it produced the most tomatoes by pound in the world. 
Interesting. At some point. So the tomato tree was originally invented by Chinese scientists. I just thought I'd put that out there. But. Okay. And then <laughs> after... <laughs> And then you can also see lettuce crops that are often have hidden art that either say Epcot or maybe it's a hidden Mickey in purple and green lettuce on either side of the boat. So next next time you ride it, definitely like check it out because it's so awesome. And you know what's funny? You said like in, paper, <laughs> in purple or green lettuce, which is funny because it's almost like a play on words, like instead of letters. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize I did that. Okay. Clever. So. After that is going to be the creative greenhouse, which has the flying crops. So this is the one where you'll see like the the crops are literally strapped to conveyor belts on the top, like on the on on like closer to the roof, and they'll get go through this um, this spray machine of some kind that sprays the nutrients directly under their roots. So these these plants aren't planted at all, which is so interesting. And I'm sorry to say that there is another group of fish in this particular greenhouse that has um, the, the, the what is it, what's that word? What's a nice way to say fish poop? Um, manure? No, I feel like it's not quite, uh, anyways. So the fish droppings. Okay. The fish droppings that are from this particular um, aquarium, they are, they are transmitted to the green plants that are living above. And so that helps, you know, kind of the cycle of life. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. Brilliant. Another thing that you can see in the greenhouse area of living with the land is working laboratories. Where literally USDA scientists are researching sustainability techniques. Interesting. At Epcot. How cool is that? It's like I work for the government, but I work in Disney. Yeah, that is pretty cool. See, I feel like all the magic is literally behind the scenes there. Behind the seeds, you might say, which yeah, is the tour. That, yeah, that <laughs> I feel like that's where it'd be really fun. Yeah, and I, I until they do, I probably skip the whole animal thing. Like, guys, is this the animal part? I'll be outside. <laughs> <laughs> you have nowhere to go because yeah. you can't go outside. <laughs> but um, I mean, I really hate that we haven't done the behind the seeds tour actually because it's not like it's a time crunch. It's not a financial thing, like because it's not super long, nor is it super expensive in, in terms of Disney. It's know. just your poor planning skills. <laughs> My face of defeat, but you, you can never, see if you're watching the video. The only thing you can do is plan. Like we, we never have a good solid plan when we get there. We never have fast passes. I'm like, why? You do fast pass in the morning. That's not how these works. You know what? I feel like I'm just, it's like, I'm like a halfway planner. Like I'll be like, Yes, we're going on this day. Do you commit? Okay, fine. And then I relax. And that's it. <laughs> it's like... That's what happened when we And then we fan. show up and there's like a <laughs> marathon. Like, didn't you not know? Like, <laughs> oh. So that's why there's so many people here yeah. running. Anyway. Anyway. I know. I'm sorry. But anyways. <laughs> I think that to bring it home, the, the part that I love... I love the whole ride. I think it's a combination of nostalgia because I have ridden it literally probably the most times of any Disney ride since I was little. Mm. Um, is it a must-do for if you have only one day in your lifetime at Epcot? Maybe it's not because it is a slow-moving slow ride. It's so relaxing, though. It is just one of the most relaxing rides on Disney property, I would say. And See, it's funny though, because you say relaxing, but like, it could be also perceived as boring. Huh. <laughs> Which, you know, some people, that's not what they're at Disney for, you know? Some people are at Disney because they want like... 
exciting Disney stuff. Not through them. Definitely not high thrills, (laughs) but more of just like exciting visuals and, you know, like, I don't know. I do understand that when I get on there, I do feel fairly relaxed and also bored. (laughs) (laughs) Relaxed to the point I will nap. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, something something I've always wanted to do, and I have such a brown thumb, but I've always wanted to have my own little, like, like animals. I don't want animals. (laughs) Vegetables. And like, I, I really would love to just live literally off the land. And so I'll never have to go to the grocery store ever again. Like that's one of my, like, and I just, that's one of my dreams. And I see that Disney can do this like nobody's business. And there, there's always crops there. Like they're amazing. Yeah. I definitely need gardening techniques. Oh, flower and garden. Oh God, this episode is so appropriate because it's flower and garden festival right now. So anyways, I just, I think that... If you don't have appreciation for this ride, take the, some of the facts that I've, I've given you and, and write it again and see if maybe you can appreciate the less high-tech scenes that are there. Appreciate them for what they are. Although it does scare me, I will say, that if they're not going to update it, I don't want them to do away with it. Yeah. Like they did to Ellen. Not Ellen. So, yeah. That's all I got, Richie. Cool. All right, well... I learned some stuff. I hope other people learned some stuff. I don't think you did. I learned stuff. Did you learn appreciation? Um, I don't know if I appreciate it more, per se. Because I, like I still you, think it's boring. Like I feel like you missed a lot of things when you rode through. So yeah. maybe if we have that second ride through, like I suggested to other people, you I just feel like... With the couple changes, you know, like the whole maybe bring back somebody in there to help me learn stuff. Because you know what it is? Maybe that's maybe that's like the whole behind the scenes thing. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I do feel like that ride is amazing because of the greenhouse stuff. But I feel like to get the real good experience of that, I think you have to do that tour. Yeah. Really. Okay. Well, but I think that's something we should plan for maybe our flower and garden trip. Maybe. Anyway. If you are watching right now on YouTube or Facebook, we'd appreciate you to like, share, and possibly subscribe. And uh, you can see what we look like. You can see the Mickey gear that we rock and have on our table. But if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, subscribe there as well. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Medium.com forward slash the Walt Daily. We're going to have the WaltDaily.com website coming soon. Anchor.fm slash the Walt Daily. Yeah, you can on your in your web browser. If you go to www.anchor.fm forward slash the Walt Daily, you'll be able to find her her briefings, which are amazingly produced. Which are also again available on iTunes on, now. They're on iTunes. Which is awesome. I'm so excited. And yeah. I hope and, that everybody likes them. And add her to your uh, add the Walt Daily to your Alexa briefings. Once that's up and back and running, that'll be on your Alexa device. And Google Home one day will be coming soon, I'm sure. I, I like how you say, I'm sure. One day. We got we to we look into that. Yeah, we will. And thank you, Richie, for joining me on this greenhouse journey. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. We so very much appreciate it. You have no idea how much we appreciate you hanging out with us for a little bit. And we hope it brings a little bit of magic to your day wherever you are. And we'll see you next time. Just make believe you're a tiny little seed. Goodbye!